welcome to another edition of the Final Siren Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro, and with me, as always, is Peter Williams. Pete, how are you going today? Yeah, really good. Looking forward to getting stuck into this with plenty of content to get through. Absolutely. So we're going to be taking a look, as we have for the last few weeks, at all the, I guess, female footballing action around the country. So starting off with the NAB League and then looking towards the state leagues uh, from VFLW to Waffle, Sample and Quaffle action. And we've also got a little special segment on the newly named uh, South Australian Under-19 squad. So uh, exciting stuff there. And obviously, we're very much looking forward to the national championships, which are coming up pretty shortly. So um, plenty to get through. We'll start with the NAB League. As we said, round six occurred on the weekend. And Pete, the first game, Sandring and Dragons uh, went down by a single goal 4-2-26 to Oakley Chargers, 5-2-32. Pretty entertaining game in the end. Yeah, it was. I, I think it's a pretty good effort from Sandringham, who I think is starting to gel now and really take it up to the better sides. And obviously they got the win against Gippsland not long ago. They're going to have to double up this week, which will be a, a pretty big ask for them. But, um, you know, they've come in, they've really pushed Oakley, which is fantastic. It was obviously great to see the return of Bridie Hitwell come back. But um, it was pretty neck and neck. Like, Oakley got away, and then you thought that they might run away with it because they were obviously so that 17 points up at the final break. But then Sandringham kicked the last couple of goals of the game and really gave them something to think about. So it was definitely a, a game to watch. And even though, um, you know, Charlie Rowbottom and, and I guess to a lesser extent, Brady Hitwell didn't have as much impact as they could have. Um, they still were able to show in patches they could impact. And then we saw the likes of Stella Reed and Sophia Hurley, who have been absolutely sensational all year, really step up in their places and, um, yeah, do some damage to the opposition teams. Absolutely. It's a good little finish there to that game and um, a good spectacle under lights. Um, next game saw the GWS Giants Academy with a few crossover players from their opponents in Murray Bush Rangers. They got up 7-13-55 to Murray's 2-4-16. Um, I believe that one played over the border in New South Wales, Pete. Um, and a few standouts and a few Hamiltons afield. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a interesting contest. It was really low scoring at first. Um, there was only one goal kicked in the first half and the Bush Rangers didn't score in the first half. But then it sort of opened up, particularly in that, um, I, I guess, last quarter where they were sort of having a lot of shots on goal, the Giants. And in the end, they got there with the 7-13, um, 20 scoring shots to six. So they definitely deserved the win. But they, they popped up a few um, talents there with Hayley McDonald coming through, kicking a couple. And as you mentioned off the top, so they had a couple of Hamiltons in Jade Hamilton, who played for North VFL the week before. So she was stepping back down to under-19s level and just won a ton of the ball through the midfield. Um, Cynthia Hamilton, the other one, kicked a couple of goals, sort of played everywhere. Unfortunately, had a tackle um, that uh, one of the Bush Rangers uh, got injured uh, and had to come off uh, with Taisa Gray and, and they had another injury as well. Um, so the Bush Rangers were down a couple of players uh, in that first half uh, and that wouldn't have helped uh, towards the end. But, you know, they kept pushing and the likes of Aurora Smith, she's had a fantastic season this season. Keely Skepper again, you know, Grace Hay, uh, she's such an important player in the back half. And, and then you got like Zara Hamilton as the other Hamilton who's really impressive through along that wing. Uh, so there were plenty of good contributors and of course, Christy Whitehead at the back. So yeah, that, that, there was good contributors, but again, um, obviously Bush Rangers just weren't able to sort of finish off after a, a good defensive first half. And, and the Giants showed plenty of uh, spirit in that second half to run away with it. 
And worth noting as well, Ali Morfitt, one of the uh, Murray Bush Rangers to cross over to the Giants Academy for this game as they come in for a cameo. Um, next game, another academy uh, team in the Sydney Swans came in and caused one of the upsets of the season, probably the upset of the season um, as a new side, defeating Geelong Falcons 4-3-27 to 2-2-14. Um, I know you are at this one, Pete, and uh, saw, yeah, I saw some good action, I guess. Yeah, it, it was definitely a, a bit of a surprise and full credit to Sydney because... Um, I mean, we, we say that no one gave them a chance and I genuinely don't think anyone gave them a chance and, um, and that's nothing against them. It's just Geelong is such a fantastic, uh, team. It's not like you're coming up against one of the, uh, the lower ranked sides. Geelong were unbeaten. They came in on their home deck, you know, that they, they were missing Annie Lee in defense and Renee Tierney up in attack. So your leading goal kicker and probably your, your standout player for the year those two were both playing vfl the game after but they still had craven and shap both in the midfield simpson as well and they did control the midfield like they really controlled the midfield and um it was just fantastic uh to see that sydney despite maybe losing that clearance battle were able to hold up down the back and the first quarter they were on top uh geelong but then sydney just got a late goal to lillian doyle and then from there they kind of managed to just match them and, and they got in front with a couple and um yeah they got the job done which was really really interesting to see obviously craven as i mentioned was a star she won our player of the week with 31 touches and a goal five marks five tackles six inside 50s and six rebounds so she was outstanding but you know if you look at sydney a few of the players because obviously they they won jess doyle was fantastic danica spammer another one you know, you, you had Hendry and Heads at the back. There, there were quite a few there that um, really stood out. So I think that'll be really good for them uh, and their confidence heading into the national championships with the Allies. Absolutely. And speaking of, uh, Tassie Devils obviously getting a pretty decent win against the highly fancied Dandenong Stingray, 6-3, 39 to 3-4, 22 in front of some adoring home fans, I believe, in the northwest of Tassie. Tell us a bit about that one, Pete. Yeah, they, they, I, I think this is the game that you can officially sort of really tick them off as a contender because, look, Dandenong, yes, they were missing Emily Shepard. We know she obviously had that unfortunate injury the week before, but, you know, otherwise they're pretty full strength. And uh, for Tasmania to do that, we saw them push Oakley and get within a goal of them, and now they've beaten Dandenong. They're, they're beating the contenders, so you've got to throw them in the contender status. And I don't think I've quite seen a, a team turnaround in 12 months like we've seen uh, with Tasmania. So I think it's full credit to them, the coaching staff, everything like that. Um, you know, they got on the board early. They got up to a three-goal lead at halftime, and then they managed to hold them off. They gradually just got there, and they won by the 17 points, and that was fantastic. And what I thought was really, really good was you you know what you're going to get out of your Perry Kings and your Claire Ransoms. Like, they do it every week. It was great to see, you know, Megan Gaffney getting up uh, in the, you know, 20 touches. Gemma Webster the same. Like, they've built a couple of really good games together. Elamora again, April Crooks. Like, the names that, while they're good contributors... Um, you generally see your, your Kings and your Ransoms really getting a lot of it, getting involved in the midfield. But this was a massive team effort. Like they all had really good numbers across the board and contributed strongly. And um, yeah, it was just fantastic to see uh, against a Danny Nong side that, you know, to be fair, you had Amber Clark who stepped up. You had a Abby Jordan as well, um, you know, w winning her fair share of the ball and Zoe Hill in, in the back half as usual. But, you know, it, it was just, I think, Tasmania across the board. They play really well at home. They know the conditions. It wasn't obviously um, too hot for them. It was. It looked uh, pretty, uh, I guess, overcast and a bit yuck down there as it was across a few grounds on the weekend. But yeah, full credit to Tassie. They got the job done. It was a fantastic win. 
full credit to the Devils indeed. Our next game saw the Greater Western Victoria Rebels uh, 4-2-26 defeating the Western Jets 2-5-17 in a relatively low-scoring game, Pete. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a bit of a, I guess, a tight arm wrestle for the majority, and it was never quite over. They, they got the job done by the nine points, but, you know, it, the Jets kicked the that sort of last-quarter goal that put them within range uh, after only kicking the one in the first, I guess, three quarters where the Rebels kicked the four. So... They were in control for the majority, um, but uh, look, you, the usual suspects, if you look across the board, were amongst the best. You can pretty much reel off with the Western uh, Jets who would get the most, and you've got Charlotte Baskin, obviously, and Montana Ham again. That, they were fantastic. Jemima Woods really stepped up to be that sort of, not only a forward, but chopping out in the ruck. Um, so you look at some of the other big ball winners for GWV who got the job done, you know, Chloe Leonard, Lily Condon, Ella Friend, Paige Scott, Nike Dojok, like they're all the same names again. Um, each week they're putting in some great performances and Stella Bridgewater also won a fair bit, uh, this week as well. And, um, you know, uh, you, you've got Scholar in the ruck as well, who really stepped up, had the most hit outs of any player across the league this week. So she was a standout for the Rebels. And um, I think that's a really good win. Uh, we know the Jets can be quite good at locking down on their opponents. They're quite good defensively. So to come away with the four points is really important for the Rebels. Absolutely. Next game, Gippsland Power 2-2-14, I believe, put, uh, put on their biggest score of the season against Calder Cannons, who... Uh, I guess ran away with it in the end. Seven thirteen fifty five in a forty one point win. Pete, um, key takeouts from that game? Yeah, well, it wasn't quite their biggest. They scored three goals the week before, but it was the lowest margin. So it was the lowest score um, against them, which is a big positive. So it was down to forty one points. Obviously, fifty eight from the week before was the the previous lowest. But um, it was a good effort from the the power, particularly in the first half. Like um, you know, they were really attacking it. The cannons just sort of managed to pick up when they needed to and and get a few goals on the board but certainly Gippsland were really competitive throughout and even you know at the final break they were still within what you'd call touching range you know that they, they sort of only that sort of 24 points I think it was uh, at that final break uh, before the cannons sort of opened up a bit and ran away with it so two goals five in that last quarter they probably could have added a few more but look I mean the defense was really good uh, Gippsland as a whole Lily Rose Williamson um, is as I've said for quite a while, one to really, really watch for next year. She had great head-to-heads at different times with Georgie Park, a similar sort of power and speed between them. And, uh, yeah, look, Gippsland are getting better, and I think it shapes up for a really big clash this weekend with Murray because, obviously, someone has to get the points. So uh, it's it's going to be a good game. Very much looking forward to that one. And lastly, for Round sixes action, we will, oh, I guess, honoured um, to call the Northern Knights comeback against Eastern Rangers. They won 6-5-41 from nowhere against the Rangers 5-3-33 at La Trobe University to round out the action, Pete. Um, key takeouts from that one? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, you know, like w- when we were sort of chatting to Eastern head coach Travis Cloak early in the third, just after half time, it was, you know, they were well and truly in control, basically. They, you know, it looked like it was going to be a fairly comfortable win. They were sort of 23 points up and um, sitting pretty, the Rangers. But then it's sort of nothing really eventuated. It was a bit quiet, a bit slow, and it looked like, yeah, Eastern were just going to sort of drag it out and win by a few goals as Northern gradually got back. 
But then, as we know, last quarter, they just went bang, 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 bang and kicked four goals consecutively. Uh, Tara Delgado going into the midfield was massive. Ava Jordan, obviously, still 05 born, had the 24 touches, kicked a couple of goals. Uh, you know, they, they were fantastic across the board. Smolikum, uh came up and did a really good job at half forward again. She's played some good football this season. And, and then if you look at uh, Eastern, you've got Sharar and Pisano who are just so classy and, and real players to watch uh, throughout, uh, not just this year, but on, on ongoing, particularly for Pisano, uh, who is also an 05. So a couple of exciting 05ers coming out of this game. Um, but certainly, yeah, full credit to the Knights. That was really, really exciting and probably, well, definitely the comeback of the season for the Nablee girls. Definitely a uh, memorable game there. And you touched on players to watch. We're going to delve into, I guess, four of the key performers from the weekend. And Pete, we've given you a couple of country girls in Tess uh, Craven and Lily Rose Williamson, as you mentioned, through the game wraps there. Tell us, I guess, what made their game so great and why they're ones to watch for the future. Yeah, so obviously Craven is uh, draft eligible at the moment. She's uh, able to cover the ground really well, uh, predominantly plays inside mid, but then spreads really, really well forward or back. She just finds the ball so easily around the ground um, and presents as an option. So it's no surprise she's got the, uh, I guess, competition season high 31 touches this week. And um, she kicked a really, really important goal midway through the uh, game to just bring them within a kick, uh, which was important for the Falcons. They didn't get the job done, but certainly not... Uh, anything she could have done much more. So she sort of launched it from 45 and it bounced home, which was fantastic. And particularly in the wet, you notice the cleaner players a lot better. And she's certainly got that and she's clean on the inside and, and just able to just keep cracking in that sort of inside-outside trait and um, step-around players where you look at uh, Lily Rose Williamson, who's the other one that I wanted to touch on. I already mentioned uh, a great talent for next year, you know, bottom age 04 um, you know, she's got that blend of power and speed and it was great to see her finally get reward for effort because she often might have seven or eight touches and if you don't watch the game, you don't really see what she necessarily does but to sort of see her really step up and, you know, have a massive impact. Like she had nine rebounds, which I think was the most for the whole round this week, um, as well as 19 touches because I know she was meant to go head-to-head with Chris Parkers throughout at different points and, you know, they might have lined up a few times and what everything like that but you know to lay the seven tackles and have the nine rebounds along with 19 touches she's had a fantastic game and um second best on really so it, it was fantastic to see her step up and um you know there, there's a lot of bright players to look forward to in the future um she's obviously next year but then there's some for the 05 as well absolutely and a couple that i'll touch on ava jordan as you mentioned one of those 05s and um some of the I guess, former Knights and now AFLW stars from the Western Bulldogs, um, you know, Gabby Newton, Britt Goodnecht and, and Jess Fitzgerald were raving about this girl and how she was playing. She was just ultra impressive, best of field um, in the in the Knights win, just winning everything from midfield. And she's so small, but just really tenacious and has really good running ability and obviously crept forward and got a couple of 50-metre penalties, which turned into goals. So um, a really important uh, figure for the Northern Knights there and just has been ultra impressive so far in her short Nabley career. And the other one, um, a really strong ball winner who um, had the record, I believe, for most disposals in the season um, with 29 up until Craven took the field this weekend is Stella Reid. Um, and yeah, just been outstanding for Oakley. She's probably, I guess, you know, the next best player in that team behind Robottom, but has just stood out and been so consistent, found the ball each week and um, just gained so much meterage and 
it's pretty much everywhere you see her on the field you know she might be in defense rebounding and then she'll be at the the next couple of contests bombing the ball forward again so a really good player there to watch for Oakley this season and um, yeah one who's been ultra impressive but that's going to be it for our NAB League wrap this week we're going to move on to the VFLW and I'll read out the scores and get Pete's thoughts on the games as a whole first up we had Western Bulldogs 3-zip 18, uh, getting, I guess, trounced in the end by Collingwood, 10-10-70. That was under lights on Friday night at Witten Oval. Then we had a string of games on Saturday. Essendon, 8-7-55, held on to defeat Hawthorne, 3-9-27. Uh, Casey, 9-11-65, beat North Melbourne, 1-6-12 for their second win. Geelong, 2-4-16, got up over Southern Saints in the a wet and windy one, uh, one two eight there at Deakin University. Port Melbourne six nine forty five remain undefeated against Williamstown three one nineteen. That was of course, um, I guess the standout fixture of the weekend, a great rivalry game in the state league. And lastly, Carlton was the uh, I guess the winless team to get on the board. They won three nine twenty seven to Darabin's three two twenty to get on the board and leave the Falcons winless. But Pete, uh, tell me, I just, uh, I guess as an overview, what were some of the key takeouts from that round of action in the VFLW? Yeah, I, I thought starting on Friday night where I went to Witten Oval and had a look at that under lights, I just thought um, you could tell from the start that Collingwood were definitely on. The Bulldogs were going all right at the start, but then once Collingwood started putting the pressure on and, and having so many inside 50, the Bulldogs obviously had lost a fair few players. Goodneck, you mentioned, she'd played the last few weeks. Uh, Pritchard obviously had missed the last couple because she went up to the AFLW team. Nell Morris-Dalton was out of the side. Um, you know, they, they really had like Izzy Grant as the one that's sort of come back down to that's played a bit of AFLW this year. So, you know, they don't have a heap of AFLW that was running through that side where, I mean, Collingwood didn't have a heap either, but you had like your Bella Smith who kicked three, Matilda Zander, I've said all along, she's a, um, a quality player and she really stepped up. Sarah Rowe um, also returned through the VFLW, which was fantastic to see. And they should have won by a lot more realistically, Collingwood. So um, it probably flattered the Bulldogs in the end because Collingwood did miss a fair few shots uh, and obviously the Dogs didn't score after half time. But that was sort of the game that I was focusing on for the week. Uh, but if you look across the board, Essendon booted six goals to one in the first half against Hawks. And Elizabeth Snell, she made her debut and, and was named among the best, which was fantastic to see. Uh, in Geelong, as you mentioned, really wet game. Annie Lee and Renee Tierney, you know, they played in there uh, with that win uh, at Deakin. So, and there were a lot of young players there. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Carlton getting the win in that low scoring sort of um, battle there against Darabin, which will be good to get on the board. Um, but yeah, there were it was real mixed bag, a couple of real close ones, and then a couple of blowouts. So, um, but we've only got the one undefeated sort of, or the two undefeated teams at the moment with uh, Collingwood and Port, but the one only the one winless team, which is great to see. So that's Darabin, but otherwise everyone else has had at least one win. Yeah, it's been a good even competition so far in the VFLW, but um, we're going to take a quick break and then return back to the state leagues and give you a wrap from the Waffle, Sample and Quaffle. Uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to the Final Siren Podcast, where we're talking all things state league football here this week, along with the NAB League, and we're going to run through the results from the Waffle, Quaffle and Sample with you now. And starting over in Western Australia, we had Subiaco first up, 4-2-26, losing out to Claremont, 7-4-46. The next game was Peel Thunder, 13-6-84. 
defeating South Fremantle 7-1-43 and a bit of a high scorer. And lastly, East Fremantle 5-4-34, losing out to Swan Districts 9-8-62. So a few, um, yeah, bit of free-flowing football and, and good scoring there, Pete, on the weekend. What stood out to you most? Yeah, the top three teams beat the bottom three teams is basically the, the quick summary of it because now it means we've got a, a 4-0 and two three ones, and then the next you've got a couple on 1-3 in terms of win-losses. So um, there is a bit of a gap uh, that's forming. There's four teams that make finals, so the top three are sitting pretty pretty at the moment, I guess you'd say. Um, but if you look across the board, look, Amy Franklin was the standout from the, the young guns, uh, obviously kicked three goals in Claremont's. Uh, win over Subiaco. She's, she's one that keeps standing out. Kia Buckley's the one, probably the standout youngster, really, to keep an eye on there uh, from the Lions. She she keeps playing pretty well, places that mid-forward. Uh, at Peel Thunder, look, Kate Bartlett slotted another three. She's kicking multiple goals every week. I, I think she's probably the best forward um, that's not on an AFLW list at the moment, obviously been on a couple, but just keeps kicking goals every single week. And Bailey Malloy and Ella Roberts, of course, Ella Roberts is the one that I don't think I can go on podcast without mentioning. Um, obviously one for next year. She'll be a really exciting one to keep an eye on at the Champs too. Um, she's just a fantastic forward with high upside and you look at Courtney Rowley and, and Jade Briggs, there are other uh, Peel under-19s that really stood out. And then uh, Lauren Wakefer um, is a developing ruck, still very raw, but you know I think she's only about 16 from memory, so she's got a bit of years left in her. And Michaela Tua-Karena is a, a, someone who's come from rugby, so got some absolute blistering speed and, and power as well. So again, raw, but really, really exciting. Um, and if you look over at Swan District's big win, uh, Michaela Morrison came back, kicked three. She had four the week before, so she's um, basically banging down the door uh, to try and get back into, um, you know, Trent Cooper's side there at, at Frio. And you look at uh, Sarah Wilstra kicked another couple. Uh, Sarah Lake, uh, Lackey uh, had, was great in the ruck. Um, she stepped up in the second half. Tara Stribley and Bella Edgley are other youngsters that will be in the WA under-19s to keep an eye on. Well, Chloe Riley was one um, who played an attack this week. She's played up both ends, but played an attack and, you know, did fairly well uh, along with some experienced players from the Sharks. And But the one player definitely I want to touch on was Dana East, who she's a draft-eligible player this year, top-ager, um, sort of that 18 or turning 18 this year. Um, you know, she's just so clean on the inside. Apparently, she's worked really, really hard over the summer. Um, come from somewhere where she was a solid player to really now be a massive contributor in that Swans midfield. And just such clean hands, covers the ground so well, gets forward, kicked a fantastic goal on the weekend. Like, she's just really completing her game as a whole. So I think in terms of players to watch and potential, you know, bolters up in terms of um, uh, people watching or worth watching, she's definitely one that's uh, catching the eye. So um, plenty of talent in the Waffle Double and looking forward to seeing them when they uh, arrive at the champs. Absolutely looking forward to that. Plenty of young talent, as you say, running through the West Australian uh, system. We're going to move over to Queensland in the Sunshine State. We had Coolangatta, Tweed and Bond University delayed uh, due to heavy rain, so not so much the sun, Sunshine State there. But um, in terms of the rest of the fixtures, Aspley 7-10-52 got up over Wilston Grange 3-3-21. University of Queensland 10-2-62, a very... Efficient effort uh, getting up over Yoronga South Brisbane 5-6-36. And the final game was a close one. Cooper Roo 5-2-32 defeating Maroochydore 4-7-31. So making the most of their chances, Pete. Yeah, definitely. Well, Aspley have now had, I believe, their best season in, in quite a while. Like They've obviously now trumped Wilston Grange and they're coming up. 
um, with a, a big, big game, I think, against Yoronga South Brisbane this week. Um, they're, they're really on the board, ready to go. And despite not having some of their talented youngsters, because unfortunately, for those who don't know, the Queensland players were due to fly down to Victoria to play at La Trobe University on Sunday in a double header. So, of course, they were omitted from their Quaffle W sides. Um, ready to go, and then the day before it was uh, it was pulled. So unfortunately, it meant the Quaffle W under nineteen players that play in the uh, Gold Coast and Brisbane academies didn't get to play in the Quaffle W this week, which is really unlucky and um, unfortunate. But um, we're sure they'll bounce back. But yeah, in terms of that, look, they Aspley kicked four or five to two behinds in the second half and just ran over the top of the Gorillas there. So um, Red Lionesses had the big upset of the weekend, the Uni Queensland. Um, they beat Yoronga South Brisbane, who still had Zimli uh, Fakuhasen in there, who just kicked the one goal, but again was named amongst the best. So, you know, she's got to get in that uh, Queen Brisbane side at some point, but it's a hard one to squeeze into. So, uh, and then you look at uh, Kuruparu, as I said, they came from 13 points down at half time to go over the top of Marichi door. So that was a fantastic contest, clearly the game of the week. Um, but that means Kuruparu's now got their first win on the board, which leaves just the uh, Wilston Grange and Marichi door. Uh, they're needing some wins. Um, and at the top, they've got Aspley, who obviously finished last last year, um, and University of Queensland, which finished sixth uh, last year. So they only just made it into the finals. Um, they're now holding the top two spots, which is a nice little bit of a change from, I guess, last year where they struggled a little bit. So it was fantastic to see, um, and certainly from Aspley's perspective, after going winless in uh, 2020. Definitely some um, yeah good results there, and good to see that the... The teams are mixing it up and being really competitive across the board, but we're going to move quickly on to the Sample W before we look at, of course, the South Australian under-19 squad. The results there, Central Disti- District, excuse me, 4-8-32, losing out to South Adelaide, 5-7-37. Norwood, 3-2-20, defeated Sturt, 2-6-18 in a low scorer. Another low scorer saw Woodville West Torrens, 2-3-15, get up over Glenelg, 1-6-12, and... The last game saw West Adelaide one three nine uh, lose to North Adelaide four four twenty eight. Just quickly, Pete, tell me what were some of the key takeouts from that round of action? Yeah, well, it was. I I think the in terms of what we'll talk about in a moment with the South Australian squad, the biggest. Um, unfortunate moment was uh, when Hannah Ewings, uh, one of the top picks for next year, uh, unfortunately got her ankle caught in a tackle and and looked in a lot of pain. So it's not great. Uh, great news for South Australia there um, with her looking, um, well, she's going to miss some time, but hopefully she'll be back for the chance. We don't know yet, Um, but obviously a fantastic player. Um, In terms of on the field, you look around and look, there were quite a few. Sinead Goody, who's still only an under-16s talent, she's probably the one that I'd say stood out the most uh, from an under-19s perspective. She was really, really good. Um, Just got that class about her and and will be one that really develops really well at the Eagles. And the Eagles... um, kicked the winning goal sort of midway through the term through Kiana Lee, who's another former South Australian state member. She kicked the winning goal midway through and they got the win, first win of the season. And of course, South Adelaide did as well. And Georgie Hooper, who's another key forward, um, you know, really, really strong body, uh, good overhead, kicked a couple of goals and could have had a third. Um, great contested ability stood out. And Madison Lane for Centrals was another one who, in terms of the under 19s, really impressed. And Sturt, 
could have had a second win on the trot against Norwood. They, it was deep in their forward line uh, in the last 30 seconds of the match. Taylor Prenzler um, had the chance to win the game, and unfortunately her kick sort of 25 out was a, a little bit of a nervous one, knowing that you had to basically the game rested in uh, on your boot, and fortunately it just sort of shook a bit to the left, and they marked on the line, and, and then Norwood were able to hold it up for the last 30 seconds and um, and save the day. So uh, And then obviously North in the final game, uh, were able to get the job done against a West outfit that was missing, you know, Madison Newman, Chelsea Bedell, uh, and Melanie Elsgood, who were all those sort of forward targets. Uh, they did pretty well, but it was just North eventually kicked a few goals at the end to, to blow it out. But uh, certainly, yeah, North did well. And Lauren Young again for West was a, a real standout. Um, across the board, which is no surprise, and Zoe Venning as well. So, um, which leads us into a great sort of conversation for the South Australian squad that got released uh, officially uh, this week. Absolutely. So, South Australia, we know, are going to be taking on Western Australia, Queensland, and the Allies in the under 19. Uh, AFLW Championship, so really exciting stuff there, and we're keen to see all the girls in action. I'll, I'll ask you, Pete, I know this is the moment, moment you've been waiting for on this podcast at least. Um, before we mention some of the sort of younger generation, maybe the bottom ages, tell me uh, about some of the sort of 18 and 19-year-olds who are draft eligible who are going to lead this South Australian squad. Yeah, they're definitely they were obviously going to announce the uh, the captaincy in the next couple of weeks. Uh, in terms of the AFL uh, Women's Academy, they do have two members in there: uh, Zoe Prouse from Sturt, who's been a standout talent for a couple of years now, a ruck, um, but can also play midfield. So she's one eighty centimeters. She's played in the ruck, but then they Sturt recruited some rucks, and she just went, "All right, I'll just play midfield." So then the poor old midfielders are about 165, 170 had to play on a 180 centimetre midfield. So that kind of gives you an idea of her athleticism. The the traits to watch for there are definitely her second efforts and her, um, you know, tackling ability and, and just her around the groundwork. She just really gets there, a real good effort uh, across the board. And then the other one is Gypsy Schirmer, who was included into the academy uh, this year. And it was no surprise to see why, you know, she's such, got that X factor. Like she's still ironing out a few things, but in terms of her up upside her ability to uh, hit the scoreboard, ability to really, um, I, I, I guess, make things happen, uh, if you like, and and play, th- you know, on a wing through the midfield. She could play basically anywhere, and um, she's a good size, uh, moves really, really well, got some elite speed. Uh, she's just one that catches the eye. So they're the two AFL Women's Academy members. Uh, in terms of others who I think are having some fantastic seasons, um, uh Latia Huynh is one who I think's having played some of the best games of her uh, past couple of years. She's fantastic. That small, tackling, tenacious forward. Uh, Brooke Tonin from uh, Glenelg's run into a bit of form the last couple of weeks. She's starting to find more of the ball, which is fantastic. She's been playing on a wing. Uh, Jade Halfpenny is uh, one who's actually an overager, a 19-year-old, if you like, or turning 19, uh, that is that marking key forward. And it's one of those areas that I think that South Australia really need because I think they probably lack uh, a lot of uh, marking key forwards. They've got a lot of markers, but not necessarily as key forwards. So Halfpenny will be a really uh, key player, I think, in this lineup. And uh, Sarah Wright coming back from a ACL uh, is quite crucial for for South Adelaide. Um, will come through there, and and then if you you move over, you've got um, Zoe Venning, who's been running in some great form as well for the for the Bloods over there. So she's one that'll um, start on that inside midfield. You've uh, we touch on Lauren Young, but um, in terms of draft eligibility as well, Charlotte Dolan um, keeps getting better uh, as another overager. So she'll be one to to keep an eye on, and Alex Ballard as well is probably the utility that. 
that can play in multiple positions. So, um, yeah, definitely in terms of the top ages, there's there's quite a lot to like around there. I'm going to ask you, of course, about the younger generation, which we're going to be lucky enough to see um, stack up against, I guess, girls their age um, or thereabouts at least because they've been doing very, very well at senior level as well, which um, which bodes well for their transition to the elite level. But Pete, who are some of the girls just quickly that you're really excited to see at this level? Yeah, well, there's, there's, a, there's a few of them. Um, obviously, we mentioned uh, Hannah Ewings, who's next year. Um, we'll, we'll sweat on that ankle a bit to see whether she can make it because uh, she was one that, you know, you just can't help but enjoy watch. She just cracks in, has a go, not afraid of taking on anyone, just got a beautiful, long, penetrating kick, really strong overhead, wins contested ball, can go on the outside, dominate there, hit the scoreboard, just about complete across the board. Not the tallest player, but she makes up for it in terms of her attack on the ball, and, and she's certainly not short. So she certainly is really, really good as an overall player, and uh, hopefully she'd play there. Whether she'd play inside mid or they might just play her as a forward, being that bottom major, uh, it'll be exciting to see. And uh, up the other end, Keely Kusterman, who is just a really consistent uh, running defender. She can play through like a wing or, or midfield potentially or half forward. She's a another one that's next year. Uh, those two are uh, the standout prospects from the 04 uh, group, I guess, if you like. And then you, you go have a look, and Lauren Young's the one down again. Uh, and Lauren Young had to get a, an exemption to play because she's only the 15, uh, only was allowed to play Sample Women's this year, and they'd been talking up quite a bit at West for a while. Uh, came in and, of course, dominated round one and has been dominating since. She leads the competition in, in disposals at 15, which is just you know, mind-blowing, but the fact that she's come in, she she is a good size, she intercept marks, she's really strong overhead, uh, long kick, play inside, outside, defence, forward, she can play anywhere, um, and she's going to be a name that is going to be remembered for a long time. Uh, I just think that the fact they've got her in as the exemption player shows how much, how ready she is to play, um, and the fact she's competing against senior players, she's one that you, you can't help but, um, you know, keep an eye out for because she's going to compete against some girls that may well be, you know, almost three and a half, almost four years older. So um, definitely against a lot older girls, but um, yeah, she's too good not to play in that team. So um, definitely one to keep an eye on. Great to hear of the South Australian talent coming through and a squad so strong that they're going to be standalone this year. Of course, they had, um, I guess, the the Allies team built up there previously, but the NT is going to be joining, uh, I guess, a a greater Allies group uh, this year. So really strong squad there. We're going to take another quick break and then bring to you a little bit more State League action with previews from the Quaffle, Sample and Waffle W. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Final Siren Podcast. Of course, your host, Michael Alvaro, in your ears right now with Peter Williams. We're going to run through all of the upcoming State League action and the NAB League Girls Round 7 preview. Uh, starting off with the Quaffle W up in Queensland. Aspley versus Yoronga South Brisbane is the first game there at Aspley at 2 p.m. on Saturday, followed by University of Queensland versus Cooperu. Uh, at 3.45 and Maruchidor versus Coolangatta Tweed on the same day in Maruchidor at 4.45. The only Sunday game is Wilston Grange against Bond University at Hickey Park at 2pm. So Pete, um, 
I guess, which are the games of the round to watch here and where do you expect the talent to lie? Yeah, well, definitely, I think, Aspley up against Yoronga South Brisbane because it's the Wooden Spooners up against the reigning Premiers. And to be honest, uh, I don't think anyone would have guessed this is how they'd be coming into the game. Obviously, Yoronga South Brisbane have been fantastic up until their loss last week. Um, but, you know, now now they're at that uh, sort of 2-1 uh, break and... Aspley, uh, you know, running hot and ready to go make it four zip potentially. So if they can topple the reigning premiers, then they're genuinely the real deal this season. So I, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. They're at Aspley's home game. There should be plenty crowd getting there to see if they can sort of topple the premiers. Uh, they're definitely the pick of the games for this weekend. So it's going to be an interesting one. Maruchidor and Coolangatta Tweed, both teams will be pretty hungry to get a win in that one. Um, uh, where the other ones, obviously, it'll be interesting to see with Bond University not playing as well as uh, sort of Coolangatta Tweed last week. Uh, they'll have had the two weeks off, so they'll be nice and fresh, but uh, uh, they'll have to shake off the cobwebs uh, from being the only teams with a bye last week. Definitely, and moving over to South Australia with the Sample W, we've got uh, two teams with one and two records in Woolville, was Torrens and Central District doing battle at Hyacinth Stadium at 6.30 on Friday. Friday night. Of course, the next game after that is West Adelaide versus Glenelg uh, at 8.15. And on Saturday, another, well, not a doubleheader at the same stadium, but a doubleheader nonetheless. Norwood against the undefeated North Adelaide at Cooper Stadium at 12.30. And then the evening game is South Adelaide against Sturt at Flinders University Stadium. Where are your eyes going to be for this weekend, Pete? Well, Norwood and and North Adelaide uh, is going to be the game to watch uh, at uh, 2-1, uh, as you said, for Norwood and 3-zip for North Adelaide. So North are uh, getting the job done. They haven't been belting teams like they were last year, so this will be a nice challenge for them. Norwood have been pretty solid throughout this uh, this season, so they'll be one to watch. And uh, ironically, even though you didn't mean to do it, it technically is a doubleheader because the AFLW is on after it. So good one. there you go. There is a, there is a doubleheader technically at Cooper Stadium, but um, certainly that'll be a good game to watch. And I think uh, in terms of... Eagles and Central District is the other game I really want to see because mainly I just want to see what's going to happen. Um, Central District, these teams played off in round one. Central District got the win. Um, and the Bulldogs should be three and zip, really. They're, they've been in control of games the last two weeks. They've kept their opponent to to less than 10 points combined in the in the two games. So they should really almost be three zip. Um, but they've just fallen away at the end. So they really need to consolidate that, um, where the Eagles grinded out a win against Glenelg, which was fantastic, got their first win on the board. But I think that it'll be um, a tough challenge against Central. Um, but Central just got to not only start well, but they've got to finish well as well. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a huge game. And, and certainly, in, even though it's early days uh, for finals calculations, so definitely need to do that. And I think West will be a bit too strong for Glenelg, uh, especially if they can get their strong... Uh, their, top talent back and um, South versus Sturt will be another interesting game um, obviously South coming off a win and, and Sturt uh, almost getting the job done against Norwood so both are capable of it they've been scoring some low scores but they're um, able to grind it out which will be interesting some important games and double headers there in South Australia we're going to move over to WA with the Waffle W um, and I guess three fixtures over three days which is uh, exciting so Friday night See South Fremantle 0 and 4 take on East Fremantle at Frio Community Bank Oval, 6.30 p.m. Uh, on Saturday, we've got Claremont and Peel Thunder, both 3 and 1 teams taking on each other at Revo Fitness Stadium in the morning at 10.40. And lastly, on Sunday, the undefeated Swan Districts against Subiaco at Blue Steel Oval. Pete, key takeaways from this game. 
Uh, yeah. This round, sorry. Yeah, the Claremont and Peel Thunder is going to be the game to watch. Obviously, Peel um, reigning premiers. They they were beaten a couple of starts back, but they really stepped up last week. And Claremont have just been getting it done each week. So they're at three and one. Basically, it's to take outright second spot with Swan Districts. Um, should be able to close it out against Subiaco. I think they'll be too strong there, especially at home. Uh, and in the first game, I think this is South Fremantle's best chance at a win. Uh, they obviously went winless last season, uh, and they've they've had some really competitive efforts, but they've just got to get across the line at some stage. And I think home against probably the, you know, the other team that although when they're at full strength they're quite strong when they've uh, they're developing still East Fremantle. So it'll be interesting to see um, what they should do. But I think both these teams will come through believing they can win this game. So uh, in that regard, it makes it quite an interesting contest. But certainly in terms of uh, the top-end quality and, and finals perspectives, the Clermont Peel Thunder game is the one to watch. And we're on a roll, so we're going to move straight through to the VFLW uh, action as well. That's coming up uh, on Saturday. We've got two games, first being Western Bulldogs taking on Williamstown at Whitten Oval uh, at 11 in the morning. And next we've got Geelong taking on the undefeated Port Melbourne at Deakin University. That one's at 5pm. Moving on to Sunday's games, Casey Demons 2-1. and one, They're taking on the 1-2 and two Southern Saints at Casey Fields at 10.30am. Carlton takes on North Melbourne. They're both one and two teams. They'll be locking horns at Icon Park at the same time there, 10.30 a.m. Essendon and Darabin do battle at the Hangar at 10.30 as well. And the last game, half an hour later, is Collingwood against Hawthorne at Victoria Park. A few exciting fixtures there, Pete. Yeah, for sure. And uh, anyone wanting to go will better set their alarm early because there's a lot of early yeah. morning games, 11 a.m. or before for all bar one. Um, so it's going to be a, a great round of action, I think. For me, the games that are really, really important, uh, Casey versus Southern Saints should be a good one. I think the Saints have been pretty close in um, their losses, so they should be pretty good up against Casey, who have been up and down the first three weeks. But being back at home, they should put in a really good shout. Uh, Geelong up against Port Melbourne. I feel like this is Port Melbourne's biggest challenge to date, certainly travelling down to Deakin. So I think we'll find out a lot more about the borough there if they can get up over Geelong, who just you know were able to grind out a win in the wet Um so that'll be fantastic. And uh, obviously you look at the other end, Carlton and North. I think North's best is is much better than what they might be putting out um, as they saw in that sort of round two game against uh, the Bulldogs. So I think that they'll be a bit too strong there. But um, the other game to keep an eye on, Williamstown and Western Bulldogs at Witten Oval. And I had a look at the first... Uh, you know, six rounds. Uh, Bulldogs have played, will, will have played by the end of round six, five games at Witten Oval and one at Arden Street, which is 10 minutes down the road. So we're talking about uh, travel a fair bit. They're, they're getting pretty, pretty uh, comfy draw there. The green there for the dogs. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's a really important game though. They've just got to win that to try and get back on level and um, yeah, get the job done. Absolutely. Wish all the best to our own Brookhards as well in that clash. Uh, we're going to move on to the NAB League girls as well, round seven, and we do have a makeup fixture from round two. We're going to run through these games game by game, starting with that round two, um, I guess, improvised fixture. We've got Dandenong Stingrays coming up against Sandrium Dragons tomorrow night, or well, which is Wednesday at the time of recording. Um, so that one's at Casey Field, 7.30 p.m. Pete, what do we expect from this game? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be there uh, commentating, so I'll be um, excited to bring that game, uh, and I, I think it's going to be a ripper. Obviously, Danny Nong have sort of 
they're on a two-game losing streak, but it's nothing like it's not like it's a, a bad losing streak. What you'd say they pushed Oakley all the way, and then um, were just sort of overrun by Tasmania uh, down on the Apple Isle. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how they go. And Sandringham obviously then went down and um, just had that narrow loss to Oakley themselves after that big win over Gippsland. So I think it's sort of still early days, but. Uh, in terms of finals, I think this win will be more important for Sandringham to try and get back up because you wouldn't want to probably go 1-4 um, heading into the, well, I guess for them later in the round. But um, for Danny Nong, if they can get the win, they'll put themselves right back up with those top few teams. So uh, it's a big round for both these teams who double up over the weekend. Absolutely. And your tip from that game? Uh, I'm going to go with Danny Nong, I think. Yeah, I think I will as well. Um Next game is going to open round seven on Thursday with the Calder Cannons taking on Eastern Rangers at Highgate Recreation Reserve. Uh, Pete, give me your tip and I guess what you expect out of the fixture. Uh, the Calder Cannons, are obviously, uh, it's, it's hard to make because they obviously went close to um, losing against Bendigo a few weeks back, as, as we know, and then they went down, oh, they went down to Oakley and... and They've sort of just been getting the wins the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, they, they did well against Gippsland, but even then, they sort of pushed towards the end. I do think that they'll probably get the job done, but I think Easton um, will be pretty hungry after their loss on the weekend. Um, realistically, should have had that in the bag, um, which they look to even as late as three-quarter time. So um, they'll be definite wanting to come out pretty fast. So I think it's going to be a pretty hot start um, there. Also worth mentioning, it was originally scheduled for nine and it's been moved to seven, which is a lot more family-friendly and certainly for the for the girls who will have to get up and uh, you know, go to school the next day, which is important. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great clash. It genuinely could go either way, but I, I think I'll stick with the Cannons. I'm going to go with the Rangers in that one. As you say, I think they're going to come out pretty hungry. And uh, while Cannons probably do have the better side, Easton, I think, can get up in this one. Um, moving on to Saturday, March 20, we've got Bendigo Pioneers taking on the Dandenong Stingrays, uh, who, I guess, enacted a pretty quick turnaround again at Epsom Huntley Reserve. That one's at 12.30. Uh, what are we expecting out of this game, Peter? Yeah, I, I think Dandenong capable of getting the two two wins here and um, taking care of the Pioneers. Uh you know, when we were last in commentary uh, up at Epson Huntley, we had Tara Slender on there, and she's certainly hoping to come back, barring any uh, major disasters uh, or anything. Um, so hopefully she'll be back uh, and be a really crucial player for the Pioneers. I think they can push the Stingrays, especially without um, Emily Shepard, assuming she'll still be out with that injury. So uh, I think the Pioneers will be um, right up to it, but I think that the Stingrays will just maybe run away with it towards the end because uh, we know Pioneers have sort of struggled in those last quarters. So I think Stingrays will be a bit too good, but I think it'll be closer than what uh, many might suggest. And we have seen teams like Tasmania uh, use those quick turnarounds to get back-to-back wins really quickly. So I think Dandenong may be a team to do that once again here. But moving on to the next game on Saturday, Gippsland Power and Murray Bush Rangers lock horns. They're both winless at the moment. Um, they're going to be doing battle at Highgate Recreation Reserve at 12.30 as well. Who's going to get their first points on the board this week, Pete? Yeah, I'm quite excited about this game. This is the other game uh, for the Saturday we're doing commentary for. So, um, you know, nine losses between them. They they haven't had the best seasons, but they've got some really good young talent, particularly looking to next year and beyond. Um, so I'm excited to see how they go. Um, I've, I've been tossing back and forth because I feel like one week one of them will play better than the other, even though they're both losing. Um, one will have a better performance uh, when they do lose, and then it will keep going back and forth. Um 
I, I think I'm going to settle on Gippsland because I think they've gradually got a little bit better where Murray have been, they probably started better and then I feel like they've just been consistent throughout, but I think Gippsland are slowly building. So I'm actually going to go with Gippsland, but I think it'll be an absolute uh, ripper in terms of uh, the close contest. And it is worth mentioning that a few of the Bush Rangers, of course, pending um, team selection, have already tasted the winning feeling only with the GWS Giants. So um, that might put them in good stead. I'm going to back them for this game here. Um, Sunday uh, has three fixtures. We've got Sandrium once again uh, taking on the Western Jets at RSEA Park, their home deck at 10.15am, an early start for Sunday's action, Pete. Yep, uh, and again, we'll be there to uh, commentate this game. Uh, look, both these teams, well, Sandringham might be on two wins by this stage, or they might be 1-4, so they might be exactly the same as the Jets heading into this game. And um, while, while this competition obviously isn't about finals, I, I think it's fair to say if, if Sandringham head in as 1-4, the loser probably will not make finals with only a couple of games left. So um, the winner of this game probably keeps themselves alive, uh, and I think that it will be Sandringham in this clash just at home. Um, but again, it'll depend how they do with the turnaround after their game at Casey Fields on Wednesday. But I will go with Sandringham. I'm excited to see Weston back up again. Um, they've been good at keeping teams to a low score, but they've just sort of struggled to score themselves. So um, if they can open the floodgates and get a few more goals on the board, I think that they'll be uh, a lot better. But I'll go with Sandringham. Yeah, I'm right with you in your assessment there, Pete. I'm going to go with the Dragons as well for that one. Uh, next game sees two teams on three wins uh, go head-to-head. Geelong Falcons and Northern Knights, who have built a pretty good rivalry over the years in the NAB League and TAC Cup. They're doing battle at Deakin Uni at 11am. What are we expecting out of that one? Well, it would be fair to say this could well be the match of the round. I know you've probably got a, a case to argue the Cannons and Rangers or maybe even Stingrays Dragons, but um, this game, I think, is potentially the match of the round um, because I feel like one team's coming off a high, um, massive high, knowing they can come back from anything, and another team is just going to be really grumpy. So I think that the Falcons are going to really want to come back with some you know, fire in the belly and really try and um, stamp their authority. Um, and I... I actually am leaning towards the Falcons. I know how good the Knights were last week. I think the Falcons will be back with a few players. Um, obviously, we know Tierney and Lee um, played VFLW. I think they'll probably come back for this one. Um, and back at Deakin Uni, I just think the the Falcons will be a bit too strong across the board. Um, and, yeah, I think their defense will be able to um, contain the Knights. And they've got those inside ball winners. Um and, of course, we've got uh, the two Player of the Week nominees in Craven and Jordan potentially going head-to-head in the midfield, which will be a fantastic, uh, I guess, match-up within the battle itself. So really looking forward to this contest because I think it's a 50-50 game. Definitely. I'm going to go with the Falcons as well. I think, as you say, they've got probably a little more around the ground, and it's fair to say that Northern struggled to score before their last quarter um, in the in the game against Eastern. So I'm going to back Geelong to just have a little too much in that one. Uh, last game sees the Greater Western Victoria Rebels take on the undefeated Oakley Chargers at Mars Stadium at 11.30 a.m. This one's going to be a pretty decent game as well. Will Oakley rise to the challenge again? You know, I think it's fair to say Oakley are favourites for this game. You know, they haven't lost yet. Um, the Rebels have been winning, but haven't been winning convincingly. Um, obviously, they dropped a couple of games along the way. Um, I think the best of the Rebels can get the job done here. Um, but obviously, the Oakley Chargers have quite a lot about them. Um, I, I think they've really got to maintain possession and keep it... Um, you know, within their own team and not allow Oakley to get too many easy looks. Um, for me, I'd look, I'd love to say the Rebels in an upset, 
um, just because, you know, you, you love to see a bit of a, a, an underdog get up. But it's hard to see Oakley dropping uh, too many games this season. Um, if they were to do one, I think that Rebels are a really good chance here. But I will go with Oakley in a real marginal one because I think Rebels will push him. Yeah, as you say, Rebels' best is pretty decent. They've got some really strong um, talent down the spine to match Oakley, um, who's also got a really strong engine room. So... It'll be a good test. Um, I still think that they'll remain undefeated, though, in season 2021. But that about wraps up our uh, coverage around the nation for all the female footballing pathways and state leagues this week. Um, Pete, thanks for joining us once again. Yeah, no worries. Really enjoyed it. It was uh, great to get through uh, across a lot of football from the weekend. And plenty to watch this weekend. We're really excited to uh, get cracking and uh, see it, I guess, live and on our screen. So make sure you tune into the NAB League app to those games that we'll be commentating this week. And um, yeah, obviously, uh, stay tuned on the website and uh, all our social medias on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Draft Central Oz uh, to keep up to date with all the news from around the country. But until next time, we'll catch you later.